in this week's market update. Investors are blindsided by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Risk comes off the table, but the longer-term outlook holds for now. Investors are people too, and like everyone else, they're struggling to balance the human tragedy unfolding on Europe's eastern edge with its financial implications. After the pandemic and the re-emergence of inflation, war in Europe has caught us by surprise. Right up until the invasion actually began, the expectation was that conflict might be avoided. That calculation needed to be recalibrated quickly last Thursday morning, and unsurprisingly, the market response has been confused and volatile. The initial reaction has been expected. Sharp falls in stock markets, rises in the price of commodities, including traditional safe havens like gold, and a move to the safety of the dollar. Gold has approached $2,000 an ounce, still off its recent peak of 2075, but well above recent lows. Meanwhile, oil has bounced around above and below $100 a barrel, which due to post-Brexit weakness in the pound has fed through to record petrol prices here in the UK. A key driver of the market response has been the perception of how far and fast the West would move to isolate Russia via economic and financial sanctions. When these appeared modest on Friday, markets recovered and commodity prices fell back. Since the weekend, with moves to shut Russia out of the global SWIFT payment system, the mood has turned more cautious again. At times like this, a good place to look first is the US Treasury market. There's no safer haven than the debt guaranteed by the US government, and investors looking to protect their portfolios are likely to move quickly into this highly liquid port-in-the-storm investment. When investors buy bonds, their yields fall, so heavy buying of treasuries would be expected to push yields sharply lower. This didn't really happen. At the end of the week prior to the invasion, the 10-year Treasury yield was 2.05%. On Thursday, it fell to 1.9%, but it ended the week at 1.97%. That reflects the expectation that the key narrative before the Ukraine story came to dominate the headlines, the start of the Federal Reserve's tightening cycle in the face of rising inflation, remains largely unchanged for now. Investors still expect six rate hikes in 2022. The biggest change is that a half percentage point hike in March, widely speculated on a couple of weeks ago, now looks unlikely. Callous as it may seem to those of us transfixed by the rolling news coverage, the markets are reserving judgment on what the medium to long term implications will be. This is a fluid situation, however, and in the short term, investors will be looking to de-risk their portfolios. At the very least, the compression of valuation multiples, which has been underway for a year or so, will continue. Last spring, US shares were valued at nearly 24 times expected earnings. Today, the equivalent figure is 18. That could fall further, although much of the damage may already have been done on that front. At the headline market index level, the reduction in multiples is being offset by continuing growth in company earnings. Last year, they rose by 50%, and this year, the expectation remains that they will increase by another 8 or 9%. At just under 4,200, the S&P 500 had fallen by around 15% from its early January recent peak at its low point on Thursday last week. By the end of the week, though, it was less than 10% lower at about 4,400. So, we've experienced a proper correction in share prices, 
but for the time being, no one is panicking. Here in the UK, where the market is more exposed to the commodities sector, the decline is less than 5%. Clearly, investors with a direct exposure to Russia face a different situation entirely. The Russian central bank more than doubled interest rates on Monday morning in response to a 29% fall in the value of the ruble against the dollar. The interest rate was hiked from 9.5% to 20% after the ruble fell to 118 against the dollar at one point. Prior to the seizure of Crimea in 2014, the dollar bought fewer than 40 rubles. The value of Russia's biggest foreign bond, a $7 billion bond maturing in 2047, halved in price to just 35 cents on the dollar as the likelihood of default increased. Again, the situation with regard to Russian assets is fast moving. BP, under pressure from the UK government, has committed to divesting its near 20% stake in Russian oil giant Rosneft. BP's share price fell nearly 7% on Monday in response to the hit, including foreign exchange losses of up to $25 billion on the sale. BP is, of course, a forced seller with few obvious buyers. At the same time, Norway's giant $1.3 trillion oil fund has said it will begin divesting its Russian investments. In the equity market, shares in Sparebank, one of Russia's biggest banks, fell by more than 60% in London on news that the country is effectively being cut out of the global banking system. Energy groups Gazprom and Lukoil also dropped more than 50%. The broader implications for financial markets are hard to predict, given the complex interactions between heightened risk aversion, the real impact of sanctions, soaring commodity prices, a possible slowdown in economic growth, and how central banks will respond to the changing environment. Although investors continue to think that the tide has turned on interest rates, the Federal Reserve and other central banks now face an even greater challenge in weighing up the two-way pull of rising inflation and slowing growth. In the short term, it's likely to reduce the appeal of speculative and high-growth shares. At the same time, cyclical recovery shares could look risky if the odds of recession shorten. It's a good time to ensure that a portfolio is well-diversified, in terms of investment styles, asset classes and geographies. Taking a longer term view, it's entirely possible that a combination of a renewed Cold War and the need to build a new greener global energy infrastructure triggers another multi-year rotation from the technology stocks that have dominated global markets for so long to the old-fashioned physical commodities such as energy and metals. The last time a big turn in this relationship happened was in 2001, after the bursting of the dot-com bubble. At that time, commodity sectors represented just 10% of the value of the US stock market, compared with 50% for technology and related sectors. That, in turn, had reversed the situation in 1980, when commodity stocks were worth 60% of the total and tech just 20. Fast forward to today and tech is back to 40% of the total, while commodities are just 5%. Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. 
Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.